0: Well, good morning. Thank you, Alan. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy, and Lynn Dixon with us for the first hour. Ladies, good morning. Morning. Welcome, Len. So
1: glad to have you in studio with us. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Our pleasure.
0: And right off the bat, we want to let you know, unlike Nate McMurray, the phone lines will be open this hour. So if you have a question for Len, 803-0930. And we didn't have to hide the text board. So the text board also (laughs) still up, 3930. Get your questions in. And then, you know, at noon, you can go to the Bills pregame show. We're, yeah, this we'll, is
2: kind of the pre-pregame show. We'll
0: help you get to the game. We'll get you psyched up. We're psyched for the game as well. 2-0 Bills. All of Buffalo's pumped, right? I Can't mean, wait. How can you not be excited? So, But first, Lynn Dixon running against Mark Poloncars. Now, we have to we have to throw it out there. Mark Poloncars was invited. He turned us down. Kind of like me asking for a prom date senior year. <laughs> We got turned down by Mark Polan <laughs> cars but great to have Lynn Dixon here
2: did you ask mark out on the prom <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's confidential information ah, right.
2: okay not that there's anything wrong with it <laughs> no but no 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 Lynn it is great to have you here. Nice to be here and Lynn, you are an independent but running um, on the Republican line for the Erie County Executive post and it's been a few months now since you declared your candidacy what have mm-hmm. you learned so far?
1: Yeah, so uh, we decide. I made the decision in February, and uh, since that time, I've been getting out in all the communities across Erie County and just doing as much listening as anything, um, just to hear what people's concerns are and where they think county government is failing them, and. um, You know, we live in a great community, and people that just make the decision to stay here or raise their families here are very invested in the community. They want to be here, and they want to see our community succeed as well. And so they want to have a voice. They want to have their concerns heard, and I don't think that those have always been heard over the course of the last uh, few years. You know, I grew up in Amherst. My dad's a South Buffalo guy, um, and I grew up in Amherst. I my mom is still in Amherst um, and I've lived for the last 21 years in Hamburg as a legislator I've represented for the first two years, a suburban rural district for the last eight have represented a suburban urban district. So I think I have a, a good feel of what the North Towns looking for, the South Towns looking for, the the, the rural district, you know, the rural communities, the suburban, as well as the urban. I mean I've worked in the city um, for most of, of my life after returning home to Buffalo.
2: What uh, what are you hearing from folks as you crisscross the county?
1: I will tell you the number one county issue with them is the roads. Absolutely, positively, uh, it is the roads. They are very frustrated with the condition of the roads. Um, Every year we allocate additional funds in the legislature that's left on the table. I see a scramble now in an election year to quickly do a lot of patching suddenly for communities that have been waiting for years to get a particular stretch of road done. Now in an election year suddenly, you know, and what they're doing though is really almost taking like a paintbrush to the roads. Even some of the contractors that I've spoken with have said the road work that's being done is really just a Band-Aid. So now we are wasting more taxpayer dollars because we are putting a Band-Aid on a road that's going to, you're, next year you're going to have to do repairs on it all over again. And um, so that's been a very frustrating you know, part of um, where Erie County government has failed them.
0: It is funny, though, how the roads, you're right, it's an election year thing, but it seems even... Right after winter, right, we get the road crews out there, and it is just a Band-Aid. Because I mention this every time roads come up. Cayuga and Worley in Amherst seems like they fix it every spring, and by what, what month is it? September, I'm already spilling my Tim Hortons coffee all over me when I get out of the drive-thru. Is, is that something you think... In your administration, that would be one of the first things to tackle, would be getting a permanent fix to these streets. I understand salt. I understand that we wear our roads more. But it's not just Buffalo that uses salt in the winter. But I've driven through a lot of cities, and most of them aren't as bad on your car as Erie County.
1: Joe, there's not... A great maintenance plan in place, or or a long term plan. So you, you know, what roads are we doing three years from now, five years from now? In the village of Hamburg, and I realize it's a small, you know, much smaller um, number of road miles they have to take care of, but it's a smaller, um, smaller public works department too. But they, I know, two years from now this road is getting done, and three years from now that road is getting done, and there's a maintenance plan. I feel like right now we don't have a strong maintenance plan in place where we are doing the ditching, we are taking the Water from the roadways, which you know leads to more deterioration, and then the road work becomes more and more expensive. I will use Lake Avenue in the village of Blaisdell because I represent that area. Um, there was design work done on Lake Avenue a decade ago, and then Mark Polenkarz took over and he put that design work on the shelf. He had other priorities. Fine. I sent a letter to him in June of 2012 saying Lake avenue is a mess please it needs to be addressed in 2016 the Erie county legislature um, approved the funding to do the work for Lake Avenue uh, talk of what the, what it was going to look like work on Lake avenue originally till now has changed very much um, work just started this past week and they're not going to complete it this this year, it's already late September. Um, so here we have this. It's been ten years, and the village of Blaisdell for two years in a row did not have a Memorial Day parade because it was too dangerous for people to walk on. There's that is completely unnecessary. And and road, you know, fixing roads should not be a Republican Democrat thing. It's it's a public safety. Well,
2: I can tell you, you know, we all have our experiences and I drive up and down Maple Road in Amherst every day, at least twice a day, and it has been a disaster. And you, you worry about the suspension on your car, you worry about, you know, ruining a tire, you worry about the safety for people who are biking or crossing those streets. Lynn, where do you think the problem is? I mean, why
1: why does something so basic seem so difficult to fix? It's not a priority for this county executive, and it needs to be. Uh, I think that um, the funding is not there. You know, he, the, every year money is left on the table, and then in an election year, it is spent. Um, so it's not a priority for him. It's it's there's no long term maintenance plans in place um, to you know preserve the life of a road. Um, and that's, you know, that's a big problem. I mean, we have 1,200 county road miles. We don't have some benefactor that can come in right. and say, I'll take care of the roads for you. It is our responsibility, and it is a public safety issue.
0: Absolutely. Joe? When we come back, more questions, obviously, from Brenda and I, and hopefully you at eight hundred three oh nine thirty. 930 Yeah, give us a call. I had, I had something uh, witty to come up with, and I lost it. <laughs> In my delivery. So, you know what? We'll go to break. More
2: coffee, Joe. More coffee.
0: (laughs) It's these monster energies, uh, Brenda. Let me tell you. They're great for you. (laughs) We'll be back. It is Hardline with me, Joe Beamer, and Brenda Alacy, as well as Lynn Dixon after this on WBEN. Yes, for you playing at home, there was a theme with the first two songs on this episode of Hardline. We'll see if you can figure it out. 803-0930, your questions for Lynn Dixon. Brenda, I believe you had a question.
2: You know, Lynn, uh, and it's so great to have you here. And if you have questions for Lynn, she's open to it. She'll take your calls. We're going to read texts if they're pertinent to our discussion, Eight zero three zero nine thirty. So, Kevin, hang on. We're coming to you next. But, Lynn, I wanted to ask you about some mailings that you heard about from three or four different people. There was a letter to the editor about mailings that were sent out by your opponent. What have you heard about that in regard to the roads?
1: So when uh, when a road project is being done, the Department of Public Works sometimes will send out um, notices to residents who live along that road, just advising them that construction is going to begin on such and such a date. But these mailings were sent by um, Mark polencars with a Nice photo of Mark, and uh, clearly just not a notice um, alerting residents, but more of a campaign, a piece of campaign literature. And those are public dollars that are being spent because those are you know, taxpayer dollars that fund the Department of Public Works and fund those mailings that go out. So um, again, in my opinion, it's another election year tactic. Um, again, we are scrambling to, like, I, in my opinion, uh, the county executive creates the chaos and then comes in to fix the chaos. And the roads have uh, the, have been in a chaotic state. So, uh, and he has sent out these mailings, and uh, it very much appears as though it's campaign literature. And that's a big problem for me.
2: Let's uh, head up to Pendleton and talk with Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Welcome.
3: Yeah, good morning, ladies. Uh, good morning, Joe. Um, Lynn, I, I guess you can answer the real one that you're on the conservative line also, right?
1: That's correct, Kevin. I am, Yes. the the Republican, conservative, and independence lines. And then there's a minor party line called the SAM line um, that there's some court action underway right now, but uh, I should be on that line as well.
3: Okay. And uh, later I'll I'll listen offline, but you can also tell us what's up with that court action with SAM. But here's what, as an independent, as Joe and Vernon knows that I am at the moment, um, uh, I wanted to ask you, what is your opinion and feeling about fusion voting. To me, it's like a double-edged sword. And I almost signed on the line to become a conservative with the Conservative Party. But then the Conservative Party went after your opponent when he first ran. They went cap in hand, begging him to to take their endorsement. And Mm. that's why a lot of us don't have any faith in the electoral process in the system. I'll listen offline and listen to, what's your opinion about this? Thanks again.
1: Well, Kevin, thank you so much for the question. And I am a minor party. I I am registered with a minor party. So uh, in my opinion, you know, I think the challenge, sometimes, when you have Republican Democrat, is you're forcing somebody to wear one jersey or the other, and you're forcing them into one corner or the other. And I think you know the idea with fusion voting, uh, in my opinion, is that it gives people more options and um, gets to see you know some of the some of the other lines um, that that support you and your candidacy and that you don't have to be all this all the time or all that all the time Uh, and you know at the end of the day politics is politics but when you're in office it should be about the people and purpose and you know about good government and that shouldn't be defined by what letter is next to your name
2: what made you decide to,
1: to run as an
2: independent though Lynn? was it that way of thinking
1: I've always been a registered independent, you know. Goes back to my days um, in journalism, and I, I, and it is that way of thinking where, you know, you're supposed to do the work of the people, and you're not supposed to leave communities out of of work getting done in their community because. It's you know either ruled by a Democrat or you know or or super you know the supervisor happens to be a Republican or, or supervisor happens to be a Democrat. That's not how good government is. We pay taxes. We expect services um, for the taxes that we pay, and we expect um, government to be there for the right reasons, not for power and not for politics.
0: Lynn, what do you say about the current county executive? And if this question, you, you can. Decline this question if you want. But what do you say about the current county executive's use of Twitter? It seems he likes to use Twitter for a little more than just the county executive position. He's very vocal on his opinion of outside county uh, topics, including the president and other state politics. What do you say about that? And would you use your Twitter the same way?
1: Yeah, the job of Erie County Executive, it's a big job. There's a lot of responsibilities that go with it. And there are a lot of things that you need to manage with commissioners in place that are qualified to be in those positions. Um, When you look on Twitter and you see all day, every day, somebody tweeting, a county executive tweeting on every other issue, It it makes you wonder, are they taking their eye off the ball and what they should be focused on? And you know, I don't care what Mark Polenkarz thinks about the Paris Climate Accord. I care about what Mark cars is doing about taking care of our parks and our roads and those sorts of things. And so I, you know, I think that. Um, and I don't think he governed by Twitter. Now, can you use Twitter or any other social media as an effective way of just letting people know about things that are happening, just as a as a non-political, here's what's going on, You know, FYI? Sure, but you know, weighing in on all sorts of issues. And, and by the way, he has weighed in on a number of issues over the years and has gotten quieter over the course of the last couple months and, and kind of distancing himself, too, from the governor. Uh, where and he before he was, you know, lockstep with him always. And with any controversial thing that comes out of the state right now, right, he's suddenly being silent, which I find to be a little bit unusual.
0: Yeah. Someone who was very vocal, like you said, just a few months ago, uh, when he was asked about, for example, the um, license issue, he kind of deferred, deferred, stayed away from the media, and then just let Mickey Kearns take a make a position on it. 803 we've got news coming up, but first, let's go to Bill in Eden. Bill, good morning.
3: Hey, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Brenda, and good morning, morning Lynn. Um, I'm very positive for Lynn, and I'm glad. I, I don't usually wear pink, but I'm, I'm, I wear my <laughs> pink t-shirt for Lynn. I just wanted to say, Lynn, in your advertising and in your campaigning, please stay positive, because I already saw one of those commercials for Mark Poloncar seems to be like a little negative, showing you like with Atari or something from the past. But <laughs> and I also want you to please uphold the laws of the United States. I do not want a county executive who tries to tell PHI people here illegally how to beat the system and stay away from ICE if they come looking for them.
1: Uh, hi, Bill, and thank you for the call. And uh, Bill is referencing a tweet that Mark put out uh, a while ago um, adv- advising uh, immigrants who are not here legally, if ICE comes to their door, what they need to do or what they should do to to escape um, deportation or capture. Um, and uh, I, I agree that there are laws in place that need to be followed. Um, and, it, you know, I have been positive thus far. Uh, I was surprised that my opponent came out with a negative ad last week as the Eight-year incumbent. It's unusual for them to come out so early, negative so early. Um, But that's okay. And for the record, you know, I didn't really appreciate disco as a little kid, but you know, I I have greater appreciation for it now. (laughs) (laughs) A time in retrospect will do that, (laughs) right? And by the way,
2: real men do wear pink, Bill. So I admire that. Yeah, (laughs) Lynn. um, Is it difficult to not get negative when you feel like you're getting shot at left and right?
1: It's you know, I think that there are many missteps uh, by mark Pollan cars over the years and I think it's important to point those out because sometimes they haven't been told in the in the public or in the media or whatever and so I think it's important to point out so that when you make a decision it's a decision based on the facts and so um, while you don't like to go I, personal attacks I think are, are, are horrible but I, I think um, Addressing somebody based on where they stand on issues, or what they've done, or what they haven't done, or where their support—you know—I I think that those are um, are valid things to just highlight because i think there are differences between us
2: there should be a part of the political discourse right isn't that Absolutely. what it's all about with yes. our democracy joe i know we've got a head over to the news booth in just a moment here
0: that's right i think uh, alan might be finishing up a traffic update for the bills radio <laughs> network but when we come back we're going to talk parks we're going to take your calls at 803-0930 so if you're hanging on Stay on hold. We'll get to you. Also, going to talk about keeping people in Erie County, something that's been quite difficult over the last few years. It's hard. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Fine, more after this. Welcome back. Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Ladies, what do you say? Let's get right back into it. Right to the phone lines 803 0930. Joe, it would be good if you turned the music down. Let's go to Gary in Lancaster. Gary, good morning.
3: Good morning. How are you? Good morning to Brendan, Joe, uh, and Lynn, of course.
2: Hey, Gary. Welcome. Thanks for calling in. And,
3: uh, yeah, I just wanted to comment. Uh, Lynn, I had the pleasure of crossing paths with you when I was at the media with uh, United Press International and with Reuters, and you were always a person of integrity and uh, well-versed. So I'm I'm glad. I think it's a perfect fit what you're running for. Uh, You mentioned things about roads and money left on the table, and that really... Caught my attention. Uh, your last caller, Bill, talked about integrity in government, and, and I'd like to see somebody like that, like yourself, in that position. So I just wanted to make a comment. What kind of plan do you have uh, for the roads and for any kind of disasters? I know you work well with people. I'll just sit back and listen now.
1: Well, Gary, thank you very, very much for your kind comments um, with respect to the roads. Again, right now there is no long-term maintenance plan there is no we need a 10-year plan so that regardless of who the county executive is and to take the politics out of road work that you know where everything is going to be one year down the road so to speak Um, five years down the road ten years down the road so that so that there is a plan in place to um, do road reconstruction where necessary to do the road repairs and the maintenance and the maintenance there has to be a more aggressive um, plan toward the just the maintenance, the, um, the, the maintenance of the roads. And, and the funding for the roads, it's not been a priority. It simply hasn't. So I, I think you make funding for roads and road repairs a priority. And so if you're, if you're putting more money and more effort um, toward that work, uh, you're guaranteeing the long-term um, health of the road, if you will. And uh, it doesn't become such a costly reconstruction project.
3: Outstanding answer. And the other thing was just about the Erie County Parks. Uh, Lancaster for years for the uh, lake to get dredged. And, uh, you know, uh, why is there such a
1: taxpayer money on, on
3: really important
1: things? You know, I was uh, I was at Coma Lake Park yesterday, actually. Uh, it's... It- it's funny because Mark Pollenkar's eight years ago in his campaign emphasized roads and parks. And eight years later here we are talking about the condition of roads and parks. And parks, those are those belong to you. And we need to maintain them. We need to keep when you when you go into a bathroom and there are no stalls, there are no working stalls, that's a problem. Now, you know, I, I understand vandalism and that's hearts, but again it's about priorities and I know this this county executive has brought over plans to add bodies to the parks and the park rangers and whatnot but we we haven't put an investment into the actual um, parks themselves and, and doing the work in the parks themselves and as a result um, we are not seeing um, and, and we have so many beautiful parks uh, in Erie County but but we're not seeing the maintenance of them that needs to be there. Gary,
2: thanks very much for, uh, for throwing your two cents into the conversation. We appreciate it. Lynn, as far as the parks go and you talk about the beauty of them and the, the obvious issues, for example, restrooms are such an obvious issue. Would you allocate, say, X number of dollars per budget for parks or how would you make it different than the current situation?
1: Well, again, I think it's you know the proper funding for parks and where where necessary to do the capital um, uh, through the capital budget to take care of the parks in terms of the structures themselves, and we haven't we haven't seen that we haven't seen the investment in parks that I think a lot of people believed was promised to them eight years ago. And if you'd like to text, and of course you're welcome to do so with three zero nine three zero. And Frank
2: in Williamsville did just that, and he said I would like Lynn to highlight. What her responsibilities are as county executive? I have no roads, no idea what roads are county and what roads are state roads. Can you explain? Good question, Frank. I think a lot of us are confused by those roads, which is which.
1: You know, it's funny because I and and I understand that. You know, certainly that. Just the other day, uh, I was talking to a gentleman who said, "Well, Lake Avenue and Place is getting fixed, and and Camp Road in front of St. Francis High School is getting fixed." And I said, "Well, Camp Road's a state road, and so I, while I, I while I realize it is hard to um, know what the difference is." Um, when there is a road that's a county road, I mean, what troubles me is people say to me, I, I know which road's a county road because it's the worst road I'm driving on. And you don't want to hear that either. So, um, you know, if you have an issue with your with a road in your community, my recommendation would be to reach out to your legislator or to the county executive's office uh, to voice your complaint. Now, if, you, if there are a number of complaints and concerns voiced about a particular road and nothing's being done about it, that's a problem and and uh, so you know th- so that work needs to get done. but I, I realize it's hard for people to know which is which, but what I would suggest is when there is a road that you see as a problem, reach out to your local representatives and they should direct you. If it's if you call the town and it's not a town road, they should be able to direct you to your county
0: representative. All right, Lynn, let's talk a little more about parks and the lead paint that was exposed a little over a month ago, I did a whole show on this, by the way. And Fridays are for Beamer, 9 to noon. Most Fridays, mm-hmm. not this Friday. Shameless plug. Shameless, Shameless plug. plug. effect here. Um, but Mark Poloncarz did a huge press conference after Stefan Mihailu mentioned the lead paint in the parks. He actually said this in that press conference. Most of the equipment is less than 10, 15 years old. Well, that was a lie. Because the very next day, the Buffalo News said 95% of the equipment was more than two decades old. Len, I have to ask you this question straight up. Did Mark Cars put his feud with Stefan Mihailu ahead of the safety of people that visit those parks? And what would your plan for the parks be? Would you cover it up or would you just get rid of the lead paint no matter how less the lead paint is that's there?
1: good government is about transparency, good, bad, and indifferent. And look, sometimes you're going to make mistakes. And sometimes you're not going to catch everything that you hope to catch. But it's not about uh, pointing blame elsewhere. It's about accepting responsibility, taking care of it, and moving on. Uh, That right when all that lead uh, painted issue was coming out about the about the equipment. Uh, Mark Polankar's, that news conference, um, he held a hot dog roast after. If, I don't know if you recall that or if you're familiar with that, but he, he held a news conference at one of the shiny new shelters uh, at one of the parks, and then he invited the media to a hot dog roast after. And this is right when they're announcing that there's lead paint on the equipment. So, which is it? Is it a danger? Is it not a danger? Is it a concern? Is it not a concern? I think by doing that, you're just making light of what is a serious issue. And if that equipment has been there for decades, or if it, whatever, if there's lead paint, that should have been priority number one. And Joe, um, I had a problem with, um, you know, shortly after all this came out, um, Mark was having a golf fundraiser at Alma Meadows. And the shelter where the golf fundraiser was happening was all nicely cleaned and painted, and all the grooming was done all around there. Meanwhile, you looked across a few hundred yards, and you would see equipment with tape wrapped around it. So, what is the priority? Is it getting, is it getting a shelter to look nice for a Mark Polenkar's fundraiser, or is it actually taking care of the problem?
0: Yeah, don't pay attention over there. It's just pay attention right here well, on the brand new shelter.
2: And it does beg the question, though, Lynn, with the roads being such a priority and the parks, you know, with a good number of those parks needing a lot of attention and potentially uh, a way to stop the uh, potential of lead poisoning, how do you decide how to allocate that money? What would you do specifically?
1: Well, again, I think, I think everything with Erie County government is a matter of priorities. And what mark has done over the course of the last several years is he keeps adding departments he keeps adding new responsibilities and things that you know Erie County is now going to handle this and going to handle that and you know when you've when you're handling a million different things you don't necessarily do anything well. And we have to get back to the business of what Erie County government is in place for. It is a service, human service form of government. It is, it is a quality of life form of government. And so you make those things a priority through whether it's through staffing, whether it's through the funding, through the budget, um, through capital, you make those a priority. Those are quality of life issues for Erie County residents.
2: I wanna talk to you about um, a bill that you were aware of back in an issue back in 2010, uh, Lynn, when you were a legislator, and you came out against windmills nine years ago. Do you still feel that way?
1: Absolutely, these wind turbines, um, when I first got into the legislature at that time, I represented a lot of the communities along the lake who were very much opposed to it. And we had a resolution uh, at the county legislature at that time that passed Thirteen to two, so in a bipartisan manner, uh, opposing the wind turbines in Lake Erie, Lake Erie next to the people. Lake Erie is the greatest asset in Lake Ontario. I mean, is the greatest asset to Western New York, right? Is our fresh water. Uh, why would we do anything to potentially jeopardize our Great Lakes? And. With respect to the wind turbines, there's there are all kinds of questioning questions. It's very expensive. What about the decommissioning down the road? Um, you're suppo- supposedly, they have to be repowered every two to three years. You cannot store wind energy. Your rates actually go up. There's trenching. There's other pollutants that go in the air. There's there's not only um, the concern about you know what leaks into the water or whatever, but there's also um, and we heard from an expert this past Thursday in the legislature about the the noise. Uh, pollution that impacts uh, a lot of the wildlife. So there are so many issues, and I am not opposed to wind energy. I'm not re- opposed to renewable energy, but in the lakes, why? And my problem has been, in the legislature, we have a resolution uh, that keeps getting tabled where we could take a stand and let the governor know where we where we stand as Erie County on putting so many wind turbines into the lake and it still remains on the table and I have not heard yet from uh, Mark Poloncars as to where he stands on wind turbines in Lake Erie.
2: So many more issues to get into just a few minutes left and we will take another quick break and back with Lynn Dixon about a subject near and dear to my heart population loss in Erie County and how that's been impacted according to Lynn by both Mark Poloncars and Governor Andrew Cuomo. More after this.
0: All right, back here on Hardline, Joe Beamer, Brenda Alacy, and Lynn Dixon, who's agreed to go an extra 15 minutes. So keep on the phone lines. If you hold through the news, we will get right through the calls after the news with Alan Harris. Brenda? Well, you know, Lynn, before the
2: break, we talked about the, um, we made reference to the population loss and how there's an economic boom in this country with jobs and in this area. However, It's a bit of a conundrum in Erie County because there simply are not enough workers to fill the jobs. And uh, your campaign tweeted about how you think some of that blame is attributable to both Mark Poloncarz's policies and Andrew Cuomo's policies. How do you mean?
1: Brenda... (laughs) Buffalo's cold in winter. So is Chicago. So is Toronto. So are a number of other communities. You can't say that we don't have the success here that other parts of the country are enjoying um, because of our weather. Minnesota, Minneapolis as well. Um, So then you have to look at the cost of doing business here and the cost of living here. Now, yes, Western New York uh, is, is... you know, compared to some big cities across the country, you can still find a home that isn't going to break the bank. Although that's getting more difficult as well. Um, but it's it's the number of regulations uh, that make it so difficult to do business here, the taxes you pay uh, that make it so difficult to hold on to your money that you can reinvest back into the community where you live. These They keep making it, they, and, then, and then when a business wants to come here, they tell you no 10 times before they tell you yes. We gave $750 million of taxpayer money to a billionaire on a, on a hope and a wish, and then when you want to... Um, when some smaller businesses are looking for a little bit of a break here and there, they won't give it to them. Like, what's wrong here? So we are making it very difficult for businesses to come here, to set up shop here, to stay here. Uh, we keep punishing people for doing the right thing. And uh, we we reward bad behavior and we punish good behavior. And then those that want to stay here but find it just economically unfeasible, you know, it's it's really... It's troubling, and that's and it doesn't have to be that way, but it is. People have been handcuffed by high taxes
2: in this area for decades. What would you do to change that? How how can you change something that's so entrenched in the way the economy has been in Western New York for decades and decades?
1: You know the cha- the challenge. First of all, at the state level, it's it's um, you know we. We can only do what we can do at the state level, but we should call them out uh, at every turn. I will just use as a quick example, DA John Flynn came into the county legislature this past Thursday to talk about the bail reform bill. And regardless of where you stand on the issue, and that's not even it, but it turns out that that bail reform bill is going to cost county governments across New York State an additional $100 million to implement. And State lawmakers did not put any money into that bill to help fund those reforms. So, to, for Erie County alone, it's going to cost an additional 1.2 million dollars. Okay, for next year, for to implement these, this um, everything that needs to be done as a result. Um, same thing with the extension of the um, the voting, the 10 days of voting or nine days of voting. Um, that's another three million dollars. Now the state's going to reimburse some of that, but not all of that. So again, they pass these laws. Everything starts to cost more, and then they are not, they are not um, figuring out how they're going to fund it. They're just saying, "Yeah, good idea. We're passing it." So that's that's a challenge. But I can say, you know, we had the opportunity last um, December in the legislature to cut the property tax levy for the first time in over a decade. We had six of 11 sponsors um, to uh, to an amendment package that would have done that. That was on a Friday. On a Sunday, Mark Poloncarz met with one of the legislators, got him to turn his vote, and by Monday, we no longer had the votes to cut the property tax levy. And you can go to erie.gov, you can go to Real Property, Google in your address, and you can find out how much your property taxes your county taxes have gone up over the course of the last several years.
2: We've got to take a break for news in just a moment, Lynn, but you're kind enough to stay an extra 15 minutes with uh, Joe Beamer and myself. I want to ask you, too, when you're out on the campaign trail, you said roads and parks are very high on the list of priorities that people talk to you about. But what about what we're talking about now when people say, hey, my kids have relocated to the south, to the Midwest, to the southwest because of those taxes? I want to ask you how often you hear about that as well. Back after this.